Hello, welcome. We are live. It is the learning curve part of the Big Self podcast, backed by popular demand. Yes, the learning curve is where Shelly and Chad dish on what we've been learning during this pandemic and where we're all trying to flatten the curve. At the Big Self School, we want all of us, we want to connect with the, with the world in a way that's authentic and meaningful and not feel like life is just passing us by. Passing and us by. That's not a good feeling. No. Uh, and in order to do that, we need a community around us, people that are supporting us and cheering for us. Um, so that's, yeah, that's what we're hoping to do. Yeah. With uh, Big Self. It is. That's what we're hoping to do. And we are doing so much, so much is happening in the community. Lots of announcements to make, but we are just going to tease that for you right now because we want to give you something that is going to be a game changer in your life. I mean, it's a process, all this stuff, but it are going to be five life-changing practices to develop self-knowledge. Why do you think self-knowledge is so important? Because this is this really is... You're the, putting me on the spot this right is away. the foundation. It is the birthplace of so much of the big self work that we talk about. So, and you've written a book on this. So why, yeah. do, you, why do you think it's so important? Well, uh, it goes way back. I mean, there's a difference between, uh, kind of just, you know, having knowledge and having self knowledge. Mm -hmm. Um, there is, uh, I think that, you know, it's, you can be a wise person with a lot of knowledge, but with self knowledge, you are truly enlightened. Uh, why is it so hard to develop self-knowledge? I mean, because we don't all like have a way to just like peer within. And, you know, the self is a wilderness there. And there's no mirror being held back to us all the time. Uh, and I think we, we fool ourselves in a lot of ways. Yeah, I think this, you know, this idea of illusions we've talked about before the kind of these uh, these ideals that we have of ourselves or how we think people see us that work for us. And so until they don't work for us, most of us don't yeah. want to confront, uh, you know, those, the, the lies that we tell ourselves, not until we actually have to. So, and then that's a really hard process. It's, it's uncomfortable. It can be painful. And so most of us spend a lot of time avoiding that completely. Yeah. Uh, you know, as they say, ignorance can be bliss. Um, but it's, yeah, a, it's really critical to do, but I think also like if, if we're really honest here, these practices while life changing, they're hard, they're, they're hard to practice. And even with the best of intentions of saying, I'm going to develop some self-knowledge, yes, because I want to be uh, a better human that, uh, and I want to be, uh, and I want to understand others better. Uh, it's still full of resistance, challenge, and uh, and difficulty. And in the end, and I'm, I'm sorry to say that many experts say that very, very few in the end, will actually truly pursue uh, pursue self knowledge. So when I asked on an Instagram story, I think yesterday, do you, do you, I asked the 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 folks um, on Instagram, do you believe it's possible to really know yourself? Yeah. And what do you think the feedback was? 
Well, so you made it either or. Um, I yeah. bet you we have a savvy It was just a yes and a no. I guess I bet that a lot, I would say maybe the majority said that you can't. Correct. 75%, and it was a small sample size, but 75% said, no, you cannot really know yourself, which I think we'd have to really define what we, what I mean by really know yourself, because yeah. I think uh, I, I agree that we will always have blind spots and we will always have unconscious parts, subconscious kind of things happening in our brains and lives and emotions and experiences that we'll never fully grasp. Right. But you can be aware and self self aware enough to know that you won't know, always know all of that. <laughs> so I think there is there's a there's a bit of a, a loop there. Um, in terms of self knowledge, I would say over the past two hundred years, psychology, the field of psychology, has probably done the most to contribute to our understanding of self understanding. But overall, it's been an inquiry in philosophy for thousands of years. Um, Back to the Stoics, yeah, love. especially, yeah, um, and that's why you know Socrates said you got to know thyself. If you had to summarize all of philosophy in a couple of words, uh, Plato saying the unexamined life is not worth living, uh, and even Descartes, you know, he was like. Well, we're going to know that we're thinking, and by virtue of you can't tell me that I'm not thinking, therefore mm -hmm. I know I exist. Um, and also, I mean, so philosophy, you know, they can, you know, they can begin to just like break down anything so that in the end it's just like how many angels can dance on the head of a needle, you know, and you just start to feel like, well, what is the point of constantly, it's more about yeah. a language semantic defining our terms thing yeah. than actually like trying to really get to, but the thing I just, I like about what philosophy has contributed to the discussion is it gets us out of being so vague about it. You know, when it gets like this, when people go, you just got to go inside, man, you know, well, it's like, let's define our terms. What do you mean by the inner world? And how is that different from the external world? And how is self-knowledge different from knowledge? I am pragmatic enough. Yeah. Cause I love all the philosophizing around self-awareness and, right. and yeah, I, I love that and I can hang with that. However, the pragmatist in me wants to know to what end. And so that, you know, I love the work of, of Daniel Goleman. Like right. he's looked at in emotional intelligence, Ooh. which self-awareness is the foundation of having higher emotional, emotional intelligence, being able to connect with people in a real way, being able to know yourself well enough to know what you're where you're strong, where you're not as strong. Uh, it makes for more durable relationships. It makes for better parenting. Like there's all these really practical outcomes that I, you know, I want people to, to know there's the, there's a point to all of this, this self-awareness, yeah, self-knowledge work. Yeah. If we're going to dish a little bit on all those things, you, you said them well right there. Also, also, uh, Tasha Yurik, she's made a career demonstrating, uh, the strong links with scientific evidence of what it means when your self-knowledge is clicking. And she writes, um, from the summary as kind of a summary of her reports. And yes, you've, if you're seeing this live, you're, you're watching me literally read this from, uh, the self-knowledge book, mm -hmm. but I did 
put it together myself, and I'm giving her credit. Um, they are people who, with deeper self-knowledge, they are better decision makers. They have better personal and professional relationships. They raise more mature children, and they also they become smarter, more adept students. They choose who choose better careers. They tend to be more creative, confident, and overall better communicators. Because, you know, knowing yourself requires a sophisticated level of learning and understanding. You also um, learn some of the fundamentals of morality. Yeah. yeah so, so how do we do it? So, so <laughs> what we're, we're going to talk about well, today. Yeah, I just wanted to set the stage because know, this is great. why, yeah. This is important it's, stuff. It, it is. It's this is um, this really is the, not only the foundation of big self and all the work we do. I think that it the level of self awareness and knowledge you have touches pretty much everything that we that we talk about and teach on. So yeah. this is big. So what we want to do today is share with you all five different transformational practices that we have learned and used um, and kind of wrestled with in our lives in different ways. And so we want to share that with you all. And then um, shameless plug for all the cool things that are happening with Big Self School this month. So we wanted to let y'all know about that as well. So Let's That's right. It. it is. It's going to be shameless because we're uh, there's nothing to be ashamed about. We are. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff that can help with this very topic. Um, yeah. Number one. Without further ado, Shelley, why don't you lead us off? What do you think would be number one, everybody? So number the first thing I think of with developing self knowledge is some kind of mindfulness practice. So the, so what we're going to talk about are some daily practices, uh, just some tips that you can be doing every day. So mindfulness is number one. Mindfulness is present moment awareness, and so mm. it's being. Um, and this is not new information, and certainly if you've seen me talk, you know that I talk about mindfulness a lot. Um, it's present moment awareness that you can use to, you know, focus into what is happening to you in for you in your life right in that moment. So we get so attached to future, we get so attached to the past that building some mindfulness practices, whether there's lots to pick from, uh, breathing exercises, uh, in meditation, walking, like there's whole, all kinds of things. But what that does is it allows you to kind of clear the clutter and move into a place of self, self-observation. And so we're able to, in a yes. mindful way, detach from our identity, detach from the things that we really cling to uh, that I think clutter real, honest self-knowledge. And so in the mindfulness practice, you can really start, almost feel like sometimes I pull out of myself and I can look down and observe like, oh, I'm feeling uh, anxious when my child says or does something. I'm uh, not anxious. Yeah. I am not in, ha- I am not that, but I'm feeling that. And it's, it's a way that I can start kind of, um, not letting the the emotion or the experience or the thought really envelop me and kind of consume me. So so with mindfulness, I can pull out and kind of observe myself a little more clearly um, and detach from those things that that um, that sometimes can be unconscious or kind of painful or you know I don't really want to observe. Through mindfulness, I'm capable more capable of observing it. I mean, this is probably the most broad 
of the five that we're going to discuss because there are a lot of ways to practice mindfulness. We've yeah, we, we've podcasted on it. Um, we've written about it, but yeah. So let's we can just leave that broadly that mindfulness is a way to well, and mindfulness is like I think is a process. It's like the first step of really uh, if you want to learn about yourself more, become a student of yourself. Mindfulness is the process by which you are more able to do that. So that's why I think it's first, like really thinking about how can you be more aware of the present moment so that you can start detaching from all, all the thinking and, you know, feelings that we over attach to. So find your mindfulness practice and practice it, right? Like it could be meditation. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, and we've started walking, and I think through that, there's a mindfulness. Uh, you can do, like, mindful. Uh, people t- cook mindfully, you know, just being super aware of of slicing that tomato and the waters, you know, I'm filling up the pot. Like, there's, there's ways that we uh, build that muscle of mindfulness just through our days. Yeah. So talk about number two. Number two. Because I think this, was a, I this is one that you've really focused on. Yes, I'm calling it active, reflective writing. It is, uh, it's the sound of a voice thinking. Um, and so, okay. Do, so stay with me Real quick too. Chad is a writer, like professional writer, PhD in writing. So he's a writer, a writer's writer. And so this is, and you don't have to be a writer. Right. No, yeah, no, that's, I, that's what I'm getting but to. But I think this is a wonderful, I want people to know that about you. Well, so I've all, I also, um, not all writers are uh, journalers and mm-hmm. I kind of always have been, and I've tried a lot of different approaches. I think the most, you know, we, we tend to hear about there's intensive journaling, there's free writing you've probably heard about. And those are similar to what I'm talking about. They are a private writing as opposed to writing um, for the public. This is a private writing. Um, But this kind of writing that I'm talking about, that I borrowed a lot, or I I got a lot of the ideas. um, Yes, there are a lot of my own practices and experiences, but also, specifically, I recently came across a method called the proprioceptive um, writing technique. And uh, I think that the combination of all of it is that this is the most efficient way, if you want to get a little bit deeper into tracking your emotions emotional, uh, and even spiritual state of being. Um, when practiced regularly, like uh, I guess a lot of these processes, it can lead to really some of the best work that you could do for yourself. Um, honestly, even if you are like seeing a therapist of some kind, because the therapist can ask you questions, can take in what you're saying, um, you know, in um, a single moment and I mean, a single session and, you know, ask you these questions, but often they're questions for you to to keep reflecting on, to being mindful of, to thinking about. And when you take the time to attend to these thoughts and literally write them down for a uh, certain period of time, it's that is not easy work, but it is valuable work that I've done firsthand and seen a lot of people experience yeah. results too. You, I remember this probably a couple months ago when you're really into this work you would get finished. You did it first thing in the morning and you had your right, I think for 10 minutes or so. No longer. 
Oh, was it longer? Yes, okay. I'll talk about some okay. of the details. You would leave, you would come out of your office and you'd be like, man, I feel like I just went to therapy. Yeah. Like yeah. the intensity of it. And so I think this method is really powerful. So the overall method is, um, if you're out there taking notes, um, it's, it, you know, I think a good span of time is to take 25 minutes. It doesn't have to be just some kind of like, oh, I'm just going to be writing the entire time as fast as I can, like a free writing and, and you know, everything that comes is good. Just, just be slow, be deliberate. I recommend putting on um, a kind of a music that would follow the natural rhythms or beats of your heart, like a Baroque type of, um, Baroque is a really interesting type of music, uh, to, to play to. I think it's basically, you could say it's the kind of classical music that was, uh, created from basically 1600 to about 1750. But um, what's interesting about it is it's complex enough that it kind of keeps the brain slightly engaged and and interested, but it's got this just just nice pumping kind of um, sound. And, and there, but there's now there's so many different kinds of music that appropriates that. They're called bi biurnal, um, you know, uh, music. You can stream that on um, Spotify. But the and then I would also recommend like light a candle, um, do something where like have a place where it's quiet and create a little bit of a ritual around this and just write for, and create it, treat it like a sacred time. And the overall idea that you're trying to do here is you're trying to go for your emotions. When you, when you say something, inquire into yourself, ask you, well, what did I mean by blank? Yeah. T- talk about the process a little bit. Cause I think that that's the magic of this. Yeah, that's, that's, well, that's basically it. Creating a ritual, making sure it's a sacred space. Um, and, and then yes. And then writing for about 25 minutes and trying to really track the emotions and the thoughts and going deeper and deeper and digging and challenging yourself a little bit, uh, in that way. You can also follow up and, you know, kind of assess for a few minutes. How do you feel at the end of your write? Um, does it lead to other ideas for future rights? Um, and, you know, I think in the end, this is a potent way to develop self-knowledge. What's number three? Number three, I want to make a distinction uh, between self-confrontation and self-criticism. So I think getting in the habit of asking yourself, you know, once a day, what is something I'm needing to confront about myself, like what am I? What is what behavior am I performing? Am I doing in my life that's not in alignment with who I am or the life that I say that I want? So okay. So there's a you know we talk a lot about the inner critic. We talk a lot about uh, where that comes from and how the the protective value of the critic for us. So I don't want us to think that 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 self confrontation is getting into that criticism. So, um, so there's this idea when I was going through my bad burnout, coming out of that, uh, really struggling to find my footing, uh, you know, this, one of the things that really shifted things pretty quickly for me was this idea of taking radical responsibility for my life. So I was getting stuck in this hamster wheel of blame uh, so I was either blaming other people or blaming myself, which turned into this kind of self 
criticizing. So I had to like really look at, okay, what do I need to take responsibility for so that I can start moving forward? And that's this practice of self-confrontation. And it's, um, I think about, um, Gottman, John Gottman, in his research around parenting, is this, yeah. this is what this makes me think of. Um, there's, a, you know, the the idea that we can parent, uh, you know, unconditional parenting is an uncritical parenting. So there's got to be a way that we give feedback to our children without being critical or evaluative or... Um, you know, chastising in some way. So I like that thought. It's kind of the same thing we have to give to ourselves. Like there's a, we, we have to take the punch and the criticism out of this kind of honesty that we need to give and ask ourselves some, some tough questions. Like what do I need to be taking responsibility for in my life in order to get the life or move forward, you know, the way that I say that I want to. Compassionate self examination, self, self critique, um, sort of like unconditional love you're saying isn't uncritical love and doing that with ourselves. It's so easy. I think what we tend to do is get all, we, we hear a lot about that term, the inner critic. And, uh, and those are what those, the voices that we kind of, um, have internalized and appropriated throughout our life from whether they're peers or authority figures, maybe it was repetitive or whatever the experiences were that, kind of kept us from, it inhibited our true self, that we internalized them, they were negative. Well, and I think, I mean, I see a lot of coaches and, you know, helpers and healers get on this bandwagon of, you know, anything you say negative about yourself Uh, is the inner critic. And I don't agree with that. I think that we have to have this really honest posture with ourselves. Um, It's hard to do because we really do have to kind of observe ourselves and figure out what's not working, uh, what patterns or what conditioning um, are we enacting in our lives that aren't getting us where we want to be. And so, you know, it's, it's so, it was so easy for me to blame everybody else when things were going to hell in a handbasket around us. Like I wanted so badly to blame. There was plenty to go I around. Was, I felt ashamed. I was embarrassed. I had like Like I wanted to, you know, criticize myself, but to get to a place of this self-confrontation, this radical responsibility was so, it was hard because I had to look at some things I didn't want to look at about myself, but it was so empowering to feel like, okay, I can take this power and I can actually make some different decisions for my life. So if, if I were just feeling like, oh, I'm being negative with myself, I'm criticizing myself, I don't. I think it would have uh, neutered me from really taking the power and being able to move forward. So. Well, I think that it really is hard, and um, that's, and that's one emotional of th- to talk about. Yeah, a little emotional to talk right, about right now. Yes, even after you've been through it. I yeah. know. Yeah, um, I think that a you know a, a profound book on the subject. I'm going to show it up to the audience here. Um, is the uh, the Pathwork of Self Transformation by Eva. Pieracos, Pieracos, 
Um, she is, she, that. she, um, I think she passed away, I think actually in the late seventies, um, too early, but boy, like this, this book d- is about talk about your inquiry into yourself. Mm-hmm. And she's the one that just says right off, like right off the bat that very few will in the end do this because it is so hard. But if you want some methods and some real challenges, that, that is a classic book in mm-hmm. the field. Yeah. And I, I, I think this takes us to number four because this, um, we tend to, most of us, me included, I think all of us do, we tend to stay like in the surface of, uh, you know, kind of what's conscious, what's happening in our lives. And we just kind of make decisions on that, on that level. Right. But this, this self-confrontation, this, um, real honest self-knowledge requires us Doing some shadow work. Oh, number number four. four. Yes. So getting the shadow is, um, and we're not going to talk about this very long because we've done a podcast about this earlier, which you can find, um, I think it is something like five aspects of the shadow. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's uh, shining a light on the shadow side. Um, it's podcast episode number 32 on our big self website. If you, can- you really want to do some self-knowledge work, then I would encourage you to do some of this shadow work. So the shadow are these aspects of our personalities, our behaviors that we have disavowed. We've kind of cut off from our consciousness. They live in our unconscious experiences, but they often come out in lots of um, interesting ways, which we talk about on the podcast. But I, you know, if you, I, I've had, I had an analyst for many years um, who helped me really get to know my shadow side and like where it's getting, um, where it was coming out, why it was coming out, when well, it was when it was agitated. Let's briefly define it, if we could. It's not just that it's some dark side. It is no, a repressed side of ourselves. That these are just the aspects of our personalities, thoughts, feelings, behaviors that live in our unconscious our unconscious experience. And so we're, we are not aware uh, of the shadow, but we can do work to bring the shadow into awareness. Um, And that's where I think that's like next level self-knowledge work. Can you give an example? I don't mean to put you on the spot if you can't think of something right off the bat. I I can think of something that triggers me. Like if someone for, you know, is, is arrogant, like it just sets me up off and, which is in and, your shadow and i i and i've been and knowing doing some of this shadow work i've become more aware i'm like well i've i i, I would def, defensive my defensive would side would say well i value humility or modesty but i think that there is a part of me that has for one reason or another repressed Maybe a boldness type of side, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, That's a great example. Yeah, and I think we... It, why, this thank is, you. This is hard work because by definition, we're not aware of what we're not aware of. <laughs> so, you know, when I've you, heard that when you start to when you start to do shadow work, you know, one of the things that we talk about and I've worked with clients around is this idea of a complex. So a complex is kind of this emotional... Um, reaction and that typically we go to the polar opposite 
in order to to deal with those emotions, those heightened emotions around something. So if yeah. you have a height, like a, a real agitation around people who have this arrogance, then a, a polar opposite for you would be go to this humility, this like real humble place where you feel like that's, you idealize the humility. Yeah. So when we are pulled into these complexes, that is a sure sign that we have an invitation to do some shadow work around that. So, and it can come out in lots of different forms. Go listen to the podcast. We talk about it in a whole lot more detail over we, there. We shine a light on it. So let's talk about the last one. Yeah. yeah. Community. Community. You need it. You need community holds up the mirror to yourself. Uh, you're not going to, you're not going to grow in self-knowledge in a vacuum. That's right. I, I always say this is individual work that cannot be done solo. So we, you know, we can't really, you can't sit in a room by yourself and really know yourself, right? That's just, uh, we're socially connected. We're meant to be in relationships. That's how we really get to understand and know ourselves. Um, starting from babies, little infants, get to develop a sense of self and a sense of personality based on what's being mirrored back to them from yeah. parents and well, you know, other caregivers. So this is a huge part of, of self-knowledge work, is being in community with people that you love and trust and who can um, give you kind of this this feedback about how they're perceiving you and what's, you know, what, what are they seeing that's coming out and maybe some ways that you're not even aware of. Uh, it's not only that they hold up the mirror back to yourself in terms of reflecting back to you, your behaviors or, or giving you feedback. It's that you also in community with others, uh, can understand better wh who yeah. they are and where they're coming from. And you can have actually by having more compassion and uh, for yourself and learning about yourself more also, then the authenticity comes out and you're able to have more compassion and understanding for others, which in turn, it's like a cycle. And then that helps you heal, grow, um, and continue the, it's a cycle, <laughs> cycle of life. the cycle, yes. the circle of life. There we go. This is, uh, this is awesome. And, um, I feel like I could talk about this for a really long time, but I want to get to, Oh, you can. What? <laughs> and I do. Right. Um, I want to get to what's going on with big self school. Um, because if you all, are enjoying this conversation, you'd like to learn some exercises, you want to be in community with people who are also seeking and struggling and trying to get to know themselves better, um, I I think you should take our class. Um, we, <laughs> yeah, and we've got one coming yeah, right out. So we have How to Build Self-Knowledge. Um, and this class is, uh, I'm really excited about it. We have partnered with a positive psychologist. Her name is Devin O'Malley. She's fantastic. She's uber smart. She's created this framework that she's going to teach for building self-knowledge. And, you know, the goal, the aim of this framework is building self-knowledge to more well-being, to create more well-being in your life. And so self-knowledge can lead to a lot of pursuits, right? So if you know yourself better, you can get a better job or you can find someone to date or marry or be a better parent. But we're using self-knowledge as a backdrop to build more um, positive well-being in your life. And so she's teaching this class. We're going to be diving into a lot of the concepts that we've talked about 
Um, but also a lot of practical, actionable steps for people to take away and build into their lives beyond just the class. Yeah, that's one of the things we're doing with Big Self School that is, it's rewarding, uh, it's fun, and we... we we're, we're, we're providing depth. Like we, we have researchers, uh, that at prestigious places like doing the cutting edge work and we're distilling it down and putting it into, you know, fair and applicable, practical kind of, um, doses with these classes. We're also, you know, um, writing books, and we have um, a brand new release. If the camera can catch that, now it's it's gone off screen on is, me. Is it's it on? Hey, there we are. Is it on Amazon yet? Oh yeah, yeah, it's on okay. Amazon. Look at this beautiful hardback <laughs> book: How to Build Self Knowledge, Discovering Who You Are. It's it's uh, only a hundred and ten pages. How do I get it all in there? Well, it wasn't easy. Let me tell you. Like Pascal yeah. says, you know, like if I had more time, I would have written a shorter letter. Well. Well, you know, it's there's a lot to distill here, but, um, you know, so it's not overwhelming and think, you can get a lot out of it. Yeah, I think so much of, of the aim that we're going for is to cut the fat. Like there's so much noise and there's so much content out there that we really want to help people because that's what we want. Like people are busy. They want to get the nuggets and they want to actually improve their lives. Like, like I don't want to sit here and think and talk. I want to do something to make my life better. So yeah. classes, books, like everything we're, we're really trying to distill down, like what is the, the real essence of this that we want people to apply, not just learn, but to apply to their lives. And so, yes, we've got the book, we've got more books uh, as well. This self-knowledge class, I will tell you the self-knowledge class is September 29th at 6.30 p.m. I'm going to double check that. Two hours. Um, is that right? Yes, it is from 6.30 to 8.30. Um, you can go to our website, bigselfschool.com slash classes, and you can see um, all the classes that we have there, um, but especially the self-knowledge class. If that's interesting to you, um, click on it. You can you can enroll right there. Um, you, get, you get this great class, which we're really excited about. You get a workbook. You get lifetime access to our community which is where people, you know, we're having daily conversations. Um, we've got lots of really fun stuff that we're going to be doing in that group. Challenges, giveaways, um, all kinds of really fun things to help people apply what they're learning in the classes to their lives. And so that's all this community. So you get lifetime access to that community and you get a money back guarantee. So if you take the class and you're like, this Whoa. was not what I wanted, um, all we ask is you give us feedback and we'll give you your money back. Like we don't, we don't want people to pay for something that's not helping them. So, so all of that's happening. Um, you can check everything out on our website. And of course, if you have questions, want to know a little bit more about the, the curriculum, then, um, I'm happy to answer those. You can email me at Shelly, S-H-E-L-L-E-Y at bigselfschool.com and I will get back with you. You know, it can be a helpless feeling, like just knowing that you want your life to be a little bit different than it, you know, is turning out to be. Or that, and, you know, and Big Self School is providing you with that very community. So, because um, we know we, we know you can't do it by yourself. Um, we're here for you. Yes, and we're so glad that those of you all that are able to tune in. Uh, we're going to be here every Friday doing some really 
interesting, hopefully fun talks with people, with you all about all kinds of, um, of the content that we know and love. So come back next Friday at noon and join us. Yeah, it's time to get inside yourself so you can live a life that is more fulfilling, positive, sustainable, and impactful. So we'd love to keep seeing you here on Fridays at noon live. And thanks for checking out the podcast, which is always there. Have a good day.